she squeezed her eyes shut. It slammed against her. Despite her posture, her brace muscles, something cracked against the shield and it flipped away. The wind caught it and ripped her from her fingers. She stumbled backwards, then threw herself to the ground, shoulders to the wind, head ducked. Thunder beat against her as the raging wind tried to pull her off the plateau and toss her into the air. She kept her eyes closed, as all was black within the storm save for the flashes of lightning. It did not seem to her she was being protected. Her shoulder against the wind, huddled behind a hillock, it seemed that the wind was doing his best to destroy her. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book two, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for interludes I-5, I-6, I-7, and I-8. I think that you should make sure that you are in the right spot. Sorry, that's a really bad joke. Um, you should make sure that you are in the right spot because you don't want to be spoiled at all. If you uh, um, skipped an episode or if you're not caught up on your reading, please go back and make sure that you are. But if you're in the right spot at the right time, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And if you give this man a ride, sweet family will die. Killer on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the writer of Storms himself. It's Jack. Hello. 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 I swear to God. Rider rider on the storms. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, dude. That song goes through my head. Like just covering this stuff. Like killer on the road. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. It's, uh, it's killer. Yeah. It's killer on the road. We're in it's we're in the interludes and 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 Brandon Mr. Sanderson has given us the doors as the intro. Yeah, I know, right? Like this is great. This is great. Mm-hmm. The rider of storms. What do you uh well well these interludes are really short, but one of them, I gotta say right off the bat, one of them is just a I don't know what you call it. Like I for lack of a better way to put it, it's a mind fuck. It's Are you crazy. talking about town? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm really con- I I read it twice, dude. I read yeah. it twice and I was like, what am I reading? Like yeah. I don't the the really interesting part, we're in the mind of a madman. That's they they refer to him as the madman. He's someone who's lost his mind. Um giving us the in in um it's giving us like the impression that he is a herald come back, right? Yes. Yeah, I I I kind of got that. Mm-hmm. If he is tall, and that means he's spent a lot of fucking time in damnation, suffering so that all the other heralds could be free. We know that from the in, uh, the, right. from the prologue of the, the the actual series and, and Way of Kings. So if this is Talon, if this is Talonel, the uh, the herald of God, then this guy is fucked up. But not only that, when we read that interlude, we're not even sure who is surrounding him and who's talking. You have to really dissect that little piece. Well, isn't it, uh, it, he refers to as a, a, there's a bright Lord, there's mm-hmm. Elokar. Yeah. And then Elokar at one point says uncle. So that means Dalinar's there too. 
But because this is from Talon's perspective, yeah. he doesn't know who they are. So if they never say the right. name Dalinar or Blackthorn or whatever, we right. don't know who's There's no there. reference. We have to kind of like dissect the the interlude to figure out who's in the room with them. There's three people that's in the room. There's someone speaking, right. who is the guy who brought Talon over. There's the king, because right. Elokar's name that's, is That's, uh, what's his name? Starts with a, um, uh, hang on, well, we'll recover it. We're yeah, we're going to cover it a little bit there. Yeah, we, we you know what? Let's let's um let's let's cover Rider of, of the Storms and and uh, and get on to the next one and then yeah. and then we'll and then we'll, we'll try to dissect or help, right. help me it's, out with Tom. It's a fantastic interlude because it's it also just, a little bit of a mind fuck. It is. It just kind of it was like getting hit in the face. I was like, "What? Did I just And then get I hit reread in the face? it. Well, it was yeah, I was like, "Oh man, I, I think I just shot Marvin in the face." Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like pulp fiction moment. It's like, "Oh man, what the hell? What's with this chapter, What's man?" What's right now? I got blood and brains all over the car, man. Pull it over. Pull over. Re- reread this shit. Reread it. Fuck, this is mental. Yeah, so I had to reread it. I'm like, what the hell? Tone. Like, and then I was trying to fit in wit, and I'm like, well, hang on. Wit is supposedly hoid, and like, what? Like, I, I was trying to piece it together, and I wasn't doing that great a job. It was like, right. I think I was forcing the pieces into a puzzle and making an absolute mess. You're, you're, you're pretty much doing well, puzzles like my four-year-old, just slamming well, yeah, pieces well, in. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. But just, <laughs> okay, yeah. But this this first thing, okay, man, Rider of Storms. Oh, man, the Storm Shield? Are yeah. you kidding me? It's fucking intense, right? Oh, the city of Narek, we're here. Um, Eshenai is uh, sort of looking over uh, a bunch of... Uh, of the listeners that are preparing for a storm. They're stuffing mm-hmm. rags under doors, yeah. bracing boards, square blocks into windows, but she wasn't necessarily participating in this. She's actually getting a report right. at Thude's dwelling from Thude because he's just returned, uh, having a meeting with the, with the Alethi, arranging a parlay right. to discuss peace. Right, so when, uh, in the previous chapters that we read, yeah. when... Um, uh, Adeline's like, you know, I'm glad that the scout finally showed up and uh, that dad actually made like an, a, you know, a meeting with them. The scout that actually got there was Thude, her friend. She like trusted right. this with her, one of her best friends, which is really cool. Totally cool. Well, Thude is like, so it, 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 and she comments here, she said she wanted to send someone earlier, but the five, these other listeners that she has to coordinate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're deliberating and complaining until Esh and I wanted to throttle a lot of them, it says here. Right. And then she, and then, but, the, but they finally and reluctantly agreed to send a messenger and Thude is saying seven days, which I was like immediately for me, as soon as he said seven days, I was thinking about the horror movie, The Ring. Oh, seven yeah. days. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> like, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, seven that movie days. Still, and, that's, that movie still messes me up, dude. I don't like thinking of, I hate the ending when the little kid is like, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, why, why did you, why did you bury her? Like, oh my God, I hate that moment. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, getting back to this. So seven days, the meeting will happen on a neutral plateau. Ash right. and I is like, well, did, did you see him? The Blackthorn? Dude shakes his head. Yeah. And Ash and I is like, well, what of the other one? The Surge Binder? No sign of him either. Right. Thude, and Thude seems troubled by this. He says, you'd better go. I can... Give you more details after the storm is done. Mm-hmm. So it she, makes it makes I, sense that Thude, the the uh, listener representative, isn't going to have contact with either Dalinar or um, right. to Kaladin. One of one Kaladin's not important enough within the structure of the Alethi war camps to be a representative during this moment. And two, no. Dalinar is too important to be there 
to represent the right. war camps because they're not going to gonna expose the, the Blackthorn, right? So it kind of makes sense he didn't <laughs> he didn't run into these guys. It it does. Uh, he says good luck to resolve as she leaves, and then she says to all of us, "Yeah." Uh, he shuts the door behind her, leaving her alone in the dark. And this is where we get the first drop, but it's, I just loved it. Esh and I checked the storm shield on her back, and then she takes out the sphere that Venley had with the spren inside of it from right. her pocket. And she attunes to resolve, and then it says, I love this next line, the time had come, and she ran toward the storm. Yeah. And then we get a lot of, we get a lot of info here, which I think is really neat. So, um, the song of resolve is a, ste- a steady beat. Yeah, I like um, this. G- gives her a sense of import and power. And then she reaches the first chasm. She she jumps. And then it says that only Warform had the strength to take such leaps. Right. Right? And and we know that she's she's gone into Warform before. Yeah, she's currently in um, Warform. Yeah. And currently in Warform. So the workers on the plateau... So. And I like this, this other little bit of, of information. For the workers to reach other plateaus and grow food out there, they use rope bridges. Right. And then, and then pull them back. So I, what I like about that is that, you know, the mention of bridges on the Alethi side are to get men across and... To farm. And, well, on the Alethi side of things... Oh, on the Alethi it's, side, yeah. It's, it's to cause war. Right. Like, like the bridges are used to cause war and they're using bridges to grow food. Right. I just think it's neat. It's really interesting. Um, so she lands in full stride. So I, you know, total matrix moment lands in full stride, boots falling onto the beat of resolve. The storm wall is right in front of her. That's a really cool image. Yeah. The winds rose pushing her. Oh yeah. The winds rose pushing against her as if to hold her back. Like almost like so there's I, like a, I thought a about this for stopping a bit. her, trying to stop her right. from coming. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, that's what I was thinking is, are the winds trying to communicate to her? Like, don't do this. Right. Above windspring were zipping and dancing around. And it says here, they were the heralds of what was to come. Yeah. Isn't that neat? There's yeah. like such duality in all the things he says. Like we know, know Harold is a trigger word for us and it means something specific. And so now <laughs> using it as like a, a little Harold, like a little H Harold, it's, it has a completely different meaning little in H. it. But it <laughs> little but it, H Harold, yeah. But it also puts into our heads like, you know, it makes us think about the Harold's Heralds, right? So it's just really, really neat. It is cool. I, uh, I don't know what to make of it. Like I, I think, I think maybe there are hints that the wind is trying to communicate to Eshenai not to go into this new form. Well, we know, we um, know a little later here. I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because we know that the, this storm has a personality. It has a face, right? So yeah, if you were to, and like, I, oh, I love what we learned about that. Oh, the, the storm father. Oh, yeah. dude, this is, this is, this is, this is a really good little, it is a good track. Like this yeah. one. Um, the enor- the way this storm wall is described. So Eshenai is jumping over a few more chasms, mm-hmm. and it the storm wall, the enormous sheet of darkness, mingled debris with rain, a banner of water, rock, dust, and fallen plants. And Eshenai unhooks the large shield on her back. The next paragraph it talks about. I like this for the listeners. There was a romanticism about going out in the storm. Right. 
And then this speaks to what you were saying about what is so prevalent in Words of Radiance, which is um, perspective and kind of what like Shalon is doing with regards to, well, is it just a wagon or is this my carriage? Right. Is that an island or is it a monster? Or is it a monster? Right. right. So, and right here, even though the storms were terrible, every listener would have to spend a number of nights out in them alone. The songs had said that someone seeking a new form, if they're seeking a new form and they go out into the storms, that they would be protected. Right. And I think it says a little later on in the text, maybe a little further on, that the storms become like almost, you know, something else, like something transient, something beautiful. Yeah, it's, um, it's really cool. It's really cool. I, I forget where it is now. Hang on. Um, the storms were terrible, but every listener would have to go out and seek a new form. She wasn't certain if this was fancy or fact. Oh, yeah, this is weird. But the songs did, didn't prevent most listeners from hiding in a cleft of rock to avoid the storm wall right. and then coming out once it had passed. So it sounds like some, some of them don't really go out in full force and face right. it. Like what they're, like what they're smart enough to, to realize do. how dangerous the storm is. And will st- right. even though it's sort of tradition for them to go out in the storm, um, yeah. they make sure to protect themselves with shields and with like rocking, uh, rock outcroppings and stuff. Yeah. They're not stupid. Right. <laughs> like, right. So she gets the shield in and she says it felt with the shield. She preferred a shield. Right. It felt more like facing the rider straight on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the, that's the first time that, um, the storm father seems to be, you know, he seems to have this other, other name or reference right. uh, like referring to him as the rider. Yeah. And she also says, um, this one, the soul of the storm. Right. Was the one that humans called the storm father. So they don't call him the right. storm father. Humans do. Humans do. Right. Right. The, the soul of this. That's, that's cool. The soul of the storm. And I like this little, little moment here where she says. Oh yeah. Um, and he was, he was not, not. Right. He was not one of her people's gods. Right. Really making a distinction here. Absolutely. <laughs> Drawing a line in the sand on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the songs of the listeners named him as a traitor. Right. A, a spren who had chosen to protect humans instead of the listeners. <laughs> so that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, still, I le- and the next line is great too. Still, her people respected this, this storm father, this rider. Right. Because, because he would kill anyone who did not respect him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit leery on that one. How, cause how, how can you have respect for something who would just kill anyone who didn't respect you back? Um, well, That's I think a little weird. I think there's a, like, um, for me, a, a history to, the, to but, people, um, having respect for things that could completely destroy their, their civilizations, volcanoes, you know, calling the, the volcano, the great, a great God or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's something about that that doesn't, uh, make sense to me, but, um, can't quite put a finger on it. She, mm-hmm. she'd have preferred to wear her plate. As well during the storms, this right. is what Eshenai is thinking, but for some reason having it on interfered with the transformation process into a new form. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's, it seems to be, um, something that happens. She needs to be more bare. Right. Like, yeah. Like, um, she, she less needs to be protected. kind of natural. She needs to be in the au naturel <laughs> to be able to get this done. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Studded, studded leather at the max, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. No, no, none of this plate or this chain mail. No, no blades, no, no bows. No. Leave your weapons here. No blades, <laughs> yeah, no blades, no bows. No bow, leave yeah. your weapons what here. Who's that from? It's from Robin Hood. That's from uh, Ro- Prince Robin Hood. Oh, Costner, eh? Yeah, yeah. Going to Costner. Everything I do. Um, she felt and heard the storm approach. The ground shook and the air roared. Mm-hmm. Bits of leaves that. swept across her in a, chi- in a chill gust. Oh, this is cool. This is really cool. This mm-hmm. description. Yeah. Bits of leaves swept across her in a chill gust like scouts yeah. before an oncoming army. So these bits of leaves were being described as like you send out your scouts to yes. investigate. Like, dude, that's such a great description. It is. The I, howling I wind, it. it's battle cry. It's such a cool great little, yeah. Oh, dude, it's so good, that sentence. Yeah. It's just great. She squeezed her eyes shut and then it slammed against her. Then something cracked against her shield, and the wind caught it and ripped it from her fingers. She stumbles backward and throws herself to the ground, or or sorry, she threw herself to the ground, shoulder to the wind, Mm -hmm. head was ducked down. It did not seem to her that she was being protected. It seemed that the wind was doing its best to destroy her. Yeah, All she could hear was the roar of the wind in her ears, punctuated occasionally by thunder. A terrible song without rhythm. Yeah. I, I like this here because she just, just told us that, um, that the, like, the storm was apt to protect them, right? She, uh, it says the song said that someone seeking a new form would be protected. Right. Would be protected. And that she's like, but in this case, she's like, I don't feel protected. Yeah. The wind is doing its best to destroy her, <laughs> which is like the opposite of what she's been told. I don't feel very protected out here. Just yeah. so you know, <laughs> got the, you got this wind, you're, you're blowing a bunch of crap on my face and you're knocking me down. You yeah. just took my shield away. Not feeling protected. Yeah. That's funny. Um, okay, rain. Okay, another great description here. This again, this this little interlude is so cool. Rain, rain that felt like arrowheads beating into her body, bouncing off her skull plate in her armor. Mm-hmm. She had done this many times before when transforming, either when transforming or when on an occasional surprise raid against the Alethi. She would survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes on to explain a little something interesting here that Demid, yeah, this her alternate sister's, tactic here that they do. Yeah, her her sister's once mate had started a movement where the listeners would, who wanted to transform, they waited inside of buildings until the storm had been going for a while, and then only stepped out once the initial burst of fury was passed. And Eshenai says this was risky, as you never knew when the point of transformation would come. Right, but I, I like this because it's kind of smart. You might have missed that moment in the storm where the transformation could happen, but there's always right. going to be another storm, so you just wait till you try again the next storm, right? Right. So it's right. it's actually safer overall to it's wait safer. out the storm wall. Don't go out there in the fucking storm wall. Are you fucking kidding me? That thing's going to kill you. <laughs> wait till I that know, but passes. It's ro- hey, but it's romantic. It's Remember? so cool. It's romantic. Yeah, you got to go out. traditions. <laughs> Esh and I had never tried it this way. The storms were violent. They were da- oh yeah. This is this is it. This is it. The storms were violent. They were dangerous, but they were also things of discovery. Mm-hmm. Within them, the familiar became something grand, majestic, and terrible. She did not look forward to entering them, 
but when she had to, she always found the experience thrilling. Yeah. So that really spoke to me again about what you said about perspective and how, you know, it just depends on how you are experiencing it or how you see it or. Right. It's like, you know, it's like doing this, going out into a storm is like a rite of passage almost for them. Mm-hmm. And for the Alethi, it's an execution. <laughs> it's an, right. It, it just brought to mind just a, an image for me again, movies, of course. Um, when, uh, when Helen Hunt and, uh, and Bill Paxton are in the middle of the tornado in Twister at the right. end and it's all like peaceful inside and they're looking up inside, yeah. you know, it's this terrible thing on the outside. Like it's brutal. But it's gorgeous but then on the inside. But then they're in it and it's just something magical to look at. Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I know it's a silly, it's, I'm just Helen Hunt. You gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Um, the rider of the storms was a traitor. Yes. Okay. I had to asterisk this sentence. This is, I think this might be a big deal here. For me, this is, might be the highlight of this chapter. Right. The Rider of Storms was a traitor, yes, but you could not have a traitor who had not originally been a friend. Dude, yeah. that line is, that's killer. It makes sense though, because you, you would never call someone a traitor if they had never been on your side before. If they had always been your adversary, then you would not call them a traitor. They're just your adversary. But if a traitor is someone who was on your side of things and then, then went against you, Right. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Like what I love about that sentence is that, you know, to think like, it's like seeing the good in things, right? like in, in really bad things or potentially hurtful things to you personally. And that's what a traitor would be Mm -hmm. someone who hurt you, but also they, they hurt you, but they also had the capacity for friendship and for love. I, I love this next you know? little bit here because it makes me think of a very specific quote. These storms belong to her people. The listeners mm-hmm. were of the storms. This makes mm-hmm. me think of, you were merely adopted in the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't <laughs> oh, see the God. light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. The shadows betray you because they belong to me. <laughs> Sorry, that was my really bad Bane impersonation. Um, I actually don't think I'm actually impersonating Tom Hardy as Bane. I think I'm impersonating yeah. Liam O'Brien impersonating Tom Hardy as Bane. So that's just Please, please. Put another another gobstopper in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> you were I really don't quite. To, to the dark. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I put my hand over my mouth when I actually did that. I don't know. Maybe the echo made it sound better. I don't know. I don't know what was in Tom Hardy's mouth at the time when he was coming up with that voice, but something something was in the way. Maybe a scarf around his neck. I don't know what was going on with that. <laughs> I voice, like it but... though. This because this, this it's kind of the same thing. She's like <clears throat> these storms belong to her people. You know, even though he might be a traitor, even though this and that, the listeners were of the storms. We were born in it. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, the yeah. Alethi just adopted the, the storms, but we were right. born in it kind of thing. Now, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Me, yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, the rhythms, the rhythms, I was born. The rhythms changed in her mind and they all, they all became the same. They came, became, they became one. And she heard the same rhythm, a single steady beat like that of a heart. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The storm vanishes, the wind, the rain, the sound, it's all gone. And Eshenai is standing there, dripping wet. Her muscles are cold. Her skin is numb. And she looks up into the sky. And there's the face. It's infinite and expansive. The Stormfather. Mm-hmm. Yet they never knew him as a listener did. As wide as the sky itself and with eyes full of countless stars, 
The gemstone in Eshenai's hand burst alight with power and energy. She imagined it coursing through her, energizing her, enlivening her. Mm-hmm. Enlivening is written in, in italics there. Eshenai threw the gemstone against the ground, smashing it, releasing the spren. She worked hard to get the proper feel down, as Venli had trained her. Is this really what you want? This booming voice Is says, this like, really what you want? <laughs> 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 That's where you want to bring out the Barry White. Yeah. The rider had spoken to her, and, and she says here that that happens in songs, but never in real life. She attunes to appreciation, but of course it was the same rhythm now, so her heart is just beating. Yeah. The spren escapes the, the prison and now they're spinning around her, giving off a strange red light. There's red again. Yeah, red light. Splinters of... Splinters of lightning. Remember, we've yeah. had... We've had Syl, over the course of this book, talk about seeing strange spren with li- red lightning. Yeah. And it's made her worry. And then Cal right. looked out into the storm. Remember when he was uh, at the shutters and he thought he saw red lightning out in the storm? Yes. Yep. So this is all part and parcel with this. And then she says... Anger Spren? She says, yeah, Anger Spren. So and she says, she this was this wrong. Might be her anger so spren. then yeah. she thinks that they're Anger Spren, and then Esh and I realizes that this is, this is a bad idea. Right. I, suppose, I suppose this must be, the Rider of the Storm said, it was going to happen. And Esh and I says, no, and that's really her saying that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Stepping back. In a moment of panic, she cast from her mind the preparations that Venli had given her, and she says it again, no. The spren became a streak of red light and hit her in the chest. The tendrils of red spread outward. The rider says, I cannot stop this. I would shelter you, little one, if I were given that power. I am sorry. Eshenai gasps. The rhythms fleeing her mind and fell to her knees. She felt it wash through her, the transformation. And again, he says, I am sorry. He says, I am sorry twice. Is he Canadian? Maybe. Is the, is the Stormfather Canadian? I think, because actually, I my think hardcover Canadians... version here says, I'm sorry, eh? I'm pretty sure. It... I'm sorry, eh? Like, <laughs> don't you know <laughs> don't that I'm sorry? You, don't oh, you know? oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you oh, want sorry. donuts, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I think the Stormfather's Canadian. I think yeah. I, we got a good case here. We got yeah. a good case. Um. The rains came again and her body began to change. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't really find out until the next um, interlude bit here. What happened? What really, yeah, what really happens. But, but I'm just going to say what it sounds like to me is that you have almost like, almost like the assassin in white happening here a little bit in that. Regret? Well, in regret, but like living inside of something that you can't control, maybe mm-hmm. like she knows it's wrong. Once she sees the anger spread or guesses that it's anger spread, she's yeah. like, wait a second, this is not good. Right. This is not, it's not supposed to be anger spread. Right. And th- when we see her next, I'm not so sure how in control she is in this form. I'm going to do a little pointing here, right? but there what? is anger and hate yeah. are both very similar. And we know that hate is something specific in this series so far. How do you mean? Um, I don't want to, like, I don't want to lead you, um, at all, but but there is, there is something very specific about anger 
and hate in this game in this game <laughs> in this uh in this series we've talked about it before about oh is this is, are we, are we going are we going to to uh to yoda here anger anger leads to hate anger anger leads to hate hate also means another word that i've already explained to you that uh, there's a synonym for hate and it's another word but i'm not going to tell you because i don't want to keep pointing <laughs> you in the same direction i my favorite um component of this i i think i'm i think i'm going to stick with it is um When's, when is it now? Just trying to get it. Oh yeah, my my favorite thing is 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 the um, seeing the good here out of out of this traitor. But you could not have a traitor who had not originally been a friend. Mm-hmm. That that realization of Eshenai, like that kind of way of looking at things, I think is really indicative of her true character, and um, and I think it's uh, I think it's a wonderful way to highlight how to see the good in something even yeah. amongst a tra- even amongst a traitor mm-hmm. so that's so, your highlight I, I, that's, your, that's your little that's highlight, highlight. yeah my yep. highlight is the uh, that tiny little paragraph that she felt and heard the storm approach the ground shook the air roared bits of leaves mm-hmm. swept across her in a chill gust like scouts b- uh, before an oncoming army that charged behind that description the howling yeah. wind its battle cry that is just yeah. fucking amazing it's just epic. Yeah, that's just an awesome, yeah. awesome little blurb. I just loved it so much. So that's my little, uh, my, my little highlight. But um, a very small interlude, a very small little chapter, but very, very important for, for Eshenai's character. Oh, learn so much. That ending part well, when that, she realizes something's wrong and then there's, it's, it's too late. It's just too late. You know? It's too late. It's a little disturbing. That's what I, that's what I took from it. It's like, it's like, okay, now she's trapped. Right. That's how I felt. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm not... Uh, and I think, and I think that's correct based on the next, on the last, on the last uh, one. Yeah, here. I think so too. So I, I six. Zale. Uh, Zale. Well, we got to have some Zale and we only get a tiny little bit of Zale here, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's totally worth it's it. It's so good. <laughs> the, the, the exchange is, yeah, this is good. Yeah. So Zale wakes up knowing instantly that someone was approaching his room. So that's amazing. It just shows wh- how quickly he's, um, with it. Even when he's asleep, he's level awake. twenty character right here. He's Come got on. like nobody can sneak up on him. Like yeah. yeah, it's just it's wicked. It's the middle of the night, and he's like, "Oh man, I hope it's not another light eyed brat." Then I just turned away. He's grumbling, getting off of his cot. Yeah, I'm, I'm far too old for this. He, yeah, he's Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I'm just you know, <laughs> fucking three days till retirement. I'm far too old for this man, shit. <laughs> Danny Glover, dude, I love that. Oh, I love the way he carried that gun in that movie. It's yeah. killer. Look, it looked like it weighed like 18 pounds. Yeah, well, he's it's fucking old, dude. Wicked. He wants to retire. The fucking gun weighs a lot. Oh. Um, so he's, okay, he's, uh, he opens the door and reveals the courtyard of the, the practice uh, training grounds. Mm-hmm. The, the air was wet. And I love, this is interesting. The air was wet and he's like, oh, right. One of those storms had come. Invested to the hilt and looking for a place to stick it all. Cursed things. Like, that's that's an interesting observation, I think, or opinion about the storms. Mm-hmm. Right? The He's like, oh, right. Like, it's like it's not even on his mind. Oh, yeah, right. One of those the storms. storms. Right. Yeah, right. It's like, he, he, it's like he doesn't spend his time. He doesn't spend his time there. Right. I think is maybe what's important. There's a really important word here. Um, the really important word here is invested because it is capitalized. Yes. Um, but it's not invested. the beginning of a sentence. Invested. Oh, that means something I didn't catch very that. specific. Invested. 
I will tell one you. One of these storms had come invested to the hilt. Invested has a very specific meaning in the Cosmere. Okay, what is it? What is it? Tell me. It means full of power. Full of power is your invested. Or, or, as, close to, or as close to as I can tell you without telling you any more. Invested is when something has been filled with power. Filled with power to the hilt. So one of the storms invested to the hilt. So it was a big storm. I'm kind He's of paraphrasing, but that's as close as I w- I'm willing to tell you. Anything. Willing to go? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. A young man poised to knock. And, and you know what? I love this. I almost wish that they didn't, that, that San, Mr. Sanderson didn't uh, say Kaladin's name here. Right. And I'll, and, and, and I'll get to it. You just didn't know who it was? Well, no, that, that you communicate obviously who it, who it is, but you don't say his name. And why? Mm-hmm. Because he's the boy. Right. In the presence of Zale, you're not Kaladin. You're just, you're just a kid. Yeah. You're just a punk kid. Like, anyways, a young man knocks on the door, jumps back. When he opens it up, it's Kaladin, the bridgeman turned bodyguard. The one that Spren, Zale could sense always spinning about. There you go. So not only, not only is he aware in the middle of the night when he's sleeping that someone's approaching his door, but he's also aware of the, of the Spren that many can't see. Right. Rock can see it automatically. Rock and can see it. Syl can make herself seen to people, but Zale can see without, like Rock, he can see without Syl wanting him to see her or not. He knows that she's there. He can sense her. Right. You look like death itself. I think that is also... Um, Prophetic? I, it could be. Remember I've said all along mm-hmm. this uh, Kaladin, this ungluing, the power surging. Yeah. He seeks another form. He's already had two, at least. He's got three, really. Surgeon, soldier, wretch. How many more is he collecting? Captain. I don't know. Captain. <clears throat> um, you look like death itself. Kaladin was standing there bloodied. Uniform ripped up. His sleeve was missing. Zale says, what happened? There was an attempt on the king's life. The boy said softly. Right. I love that. Yeah, I like that too. Not two hours ago. See, again, you know it's Kaladin with the, with the sleeve is missing. Like, you, you mm-hmm. don't even have to say in the previous sentence it's Kaladin. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways, not two hours ago. Huh, Zale says. Is your offer to learn how to fight a shard blade still good? No. And he slams the door. <laughs> he turns yeah. and walks back to his cot. Yeah. The boy, the boy, again, pushes the door open. Blasted monks saw themselves as property and couldn't own anything, so they figured they didn't need locks on the doors. Please, the boy says. I kid, Zale says. Two people live in this room. The boy frowns and looks around and only sees a single cot. The first <clears throat> is the grouchy swordsman who is a soft spot for kids who are in over their heads. He comes out by day. The other is a very, very grouchy swordsman who finds everything and everyone utterly contemptible. He comes out when some fool wakes him up at a horrid hour in the middle of the night. I suggest you ask the first man and not the second, all right? All right, the boy uh, says. I'll be back. Yeah. Good, Zale says suddenly. And don't be green from the ground. Don't be, huh? What? And he says, yeah, dude, I want t-shirts of every, of one, every one of his nonsensical little, like, <laughs> his sayings. Like, yeah. Dude. And don't be green from the ground. Okay. Yeah. Don't, you know, you know, you huh? get it. Don't be, <laughs> don't be, don't be green from the ground. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Stupid language, Zale's thinking. <laughs> no proper metaphors at all. Yeah. <laughs> just, just leave your attitude and come to learn. I hate, I hate beating up people younger than me. It makes me feel like a bully. Right. The kid grunted and, sl- and slides the door shut. Zale pulls up his blanket. Damn monks only got one. He turns over on his cot. He expected a voice to break in his mind as he drifted off. And of course, there wasn't one. Hadn't been one in years. What do you think the fuck that means? He expected a voice to speak in his mind. Of course there wasn't one. There hadn't been one in years. Well, maybe he was expecting to hear the voice of the Stormfather. Maybe he was expecting to hear... To speak in his mind. She shouldn't be referring to a spren. Because it's, uh, he's saying in his mind. Right. And we know that Sill and, and Pattern speak to their humans, right, not right. inside their minds. So it's not a, right. it's not how normal spren it's, have been working so far. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure it's a, mi- right. this is a little, little mystery. Of course it's a mystery. mystery. You're not supposed to know. There's no way you would be able to guess what it means. Okay. Okay. Um, my highlight for this though, I want to point out my highlight right away here. My highlight is this little part where he says blasted monks saw themselves as property and couldn't own anything so they figured they didn't need locks on the doors like he is not one himself he's talking about the ardents like he's not part of them like he's other than them and he says it again here he says uh damn monks only got one blanket so he's having to live like one but he's not really like them he's not really he doesn't like it yeah no no, right. Yeah, so that kind of deepens yeah. the mystery of who this guy is. Um, it, it, but I, I just like it. It's just a really nice little tiny little bit in there, but it's really, really cool. It is cool. I, um, for me, the highlight for me is referring to him as boy. And, um, and I really like <laughs> boy or kid. Look, first, there's, there's two there's people two living men. here. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, the grouchy, the grouchy man, and the very, very grouchy. It's swordsman. funny because we've the, talked about there's the, the dual- grouchy swordsman. We've talked about the duality of characters in this yeah. series before. And here and how it is again. like you know, there's the diplomat and the blackthorn and the surgeon and the soldier yep. and the, the yep. thief and the um, the scholar. And the, Zale's like, listen, I'm two dudes. <laughs> yeah, I have I'm a duality dudes. too, bro. I'm two guys. I'm the grumpy guy you want to talk to at the daytime, and I'm the grumpy guy you do not want to talk to at night. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just going to count the hilts here on this thing. So there's one, two, three, there's five hilts on this symbol for this particular, um, right. And this, and the, also the, the, um, the relief work is with a man who, well, looks to be balding. And then it's four images all the same and, uh, bearded. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's supposed to represent Zale or not, but. I, the, the, um, the relief work <clears throat> pictures, the, the, the sculptured, uh, faces mm-hmm. on the relief work are not mm-hmm. of any of the characters that the, oh, the chapters okay. are about. They are yep. representations. I, 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 I haven't been telling you this because we don't really cover this part of the book, but I'll tell you now, these are, what? are, are representations of the heralds. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, That's there should be 10 different pictures that t- represent 10 yeah. different heralds. So. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. Really, well, really, that's really, a, really neat. Um, a little chat, a little interlude here. It's it's a small one, but it's it, it's nice because it sets up the idea that you know what, Cal's gonna get some training and he probably fucking needs it. 
Yeah, he really needs it. He just shouldn't ask for it at three o'clock in the morning. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I seven. Okay, I seven. I don't know. This is Taln. Uh, so first of all, the interesting image here is the stars in the sky mm -hmm. uh, over the mountains. Stars are they all? They also look like swords, mm -hmm. but stars. And I think there's nine of them. One, there two, are nine three, of them. Four. Yes. And there were four four, nine swords ones. thrown into the ground at the very beginning of the series. Right. And one, with Jezreel and or one not, was and... not present because the person who owned that one that was not present was sent to damnation to keep the oath pack going. Right. Now, yeah, so to keep the oath pack going. So this is where I'm, I'm super foggy. Right. Um, is that Taln? Taln, the person who... The person who went to damnation at the very beginning of the series 4,000 years ago, who yeah. was keeping the Oath Pact going, was named Talonel, the Herald of, uh, Herald of Ta War. And Taln is a nickname for that person. Just like Ash is a nickname for Shalash, the, the Herald. Just like Kalek is right. a nickname for whatever complicated name his is. I can't really remember right now. But, right. But okay. yeah, they all okay. have a name and they all have a nickname. And, and their nickname okay. is the nickname for Talonel. <laughs> Talonel, for Alin, Talonel, the Herald of War. Yeah. The Herald of War. Okay. So, all right. So that brings up another question that I've got, which I'll say, and I think you've already hinted to it. Which is, uh, is this person who's claiming to be Taln or this Talonel, is that really the, per is that really the person? Right. Um, seems to be, but. It's funny. I would say, I would say um, one of two things about this little, uh, little interlude here. I would say the people that hmm. are not in his head, the people that are, um, sitting around, um, I guess it's Elokar, Dalinar, and then what's this other guy's name? Um, um Borden? Borden? Yeah. So, uh, Borden, Borden, yeah. So yeah. these three Borden, people, yeah. if they were looking at this guy, they'd go, <clears throat> there's no fucking way this guy is a herald. But we get right. a chance to be in this guy's head and hear all the things that he's rambling off. And he knows a hell of a lot about heralds. And he knows a hell of a lot about what they're supposed to do when a desolation happens. So mm -hmm. he's very convincing to us, but not to them. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. Um, because this chapter was just really jarring and just stunted me. Just like I felt, bl I felt blunted. Is right. one of the way I, that was the way I felt. Of fires that burned and yet they were gone. Of heat he could feel when others felt not. Of screams his own that nobody heard. Of torture sublime for life it meant. So those are a bunch of really sort of um, antithetical statements. He just stares like that, your majesty. Yeah. Words. He doesn't seem to see anything. Sometimes he mumbles, sometimes he shouts, but always he just stares. So we, this is the thing about this chapter here too, is that right away there's a guy talking and we don't know who this is, but he's talking no. to your majesty. So we automatically right. assume he's talking to a king. Elokar. Right. We, yeah. Well, we don't know where this is yet. So we have to assume, like right now, he's just talking to a king. And then eventually to we get the name Elokar in here. One of the characters call him Elokar, not Borden, but clearly it's the uncle, which we re realize later it's we're, Dalinar. We're quite aware, says, Dalinar, right. Yeah, says Elokar. So we're like, okay, now we're at the war camps with this madman and a guy who brought him here named Borden. And there's the King Elokar. And because King Elokar says a little later, uncle. Right. We realize, oh, so the other voice in here is 
Dalinar. But because the madman is our POV, we don't get any. And um, yes, Bright Lord right. said Borden. Uh, I like this. Uh, I like this wit said Elokar. We don't get that. We don't get those descriptors because right. we're in, in Talon's mind, right? So it's it's supposed to be confusing on purpose. Yeah, it is. It's really. It's really. It's really strange to follow the gifts and words. Not his. Never his. Now his. And then you have more more uh, dialogue. Storms, it's haunting, isn't it? I had to ride all this way with that, Your Majesty. Listening to him ranting in the back of the wagon half the time. Then feeling him stare at the back of my head the rest. Mm-hmm. And Wit, you mentioned him. Now, he started on the trip with me, your, your Majesty, but on the second day, he declared that he needed a rock. A rock? Yes, Your Majesty. He hopped out of the wagon and found one, and then he hit himself on the head with it. Your Majesty did it three or four times, came right back to the wagon with with an odd grin, and he said, Yes? Well, he said that he he needed, I'd remembered this for you, he said, I needed an objective frame of reference by which to judge the experience of your company. <laughs> Somewhere between four and five blows, I place it. Uh, I don't rightly understand what he meant, sir. I think he was mocking me. Safe bet. <laughs> yeah. I love, dude. That was He's not, that's not crazy. even in this part, and it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> well, because that's what Wit said, was apparently yeah. how he said it. And of course, you, you, you can totally see it was him. Like, you know for sure Wit's the only guy who said that. Who could have ever said yeah. that? <clears throat> An objective frame of reference to judge the experience of your company. So this is Wit saying to Borden, to Borden. this is what it's like. This is what it's like being with you. It's and me hitting myself sn- over the head with a rock fork. With times. a rock. Four yeah. Four yeah. Um, why didn't they scream with that heat of death? Now, this is the madman, I'm guessing, right? right? Yes. Of, of death and the dead and the dead and they're talking and not screaming of death except of the death that did not come. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. It's After weird that, your majesty. We, if we, if we okay. assume that this mm. guy is Talonel, like he says he is. Yeah. Then yeah. all these descriptors are of what he experienced in damnation. Why didn't they scream? Right. That heat. He thinks he might still be there of death, of death and the dead and the dead and they're talking and not screaming of death except for the death that did not come. Right. You know what I mean? This is all ha- yeah. what's happening in his head because he still feels like he might be in damnation. He's been in damnation for 4,000 years. Yeah. If this, this is, is not. This is- it's messed up. If, if, yeah, if, if he says, if he is who he says he is. Right. After that, your majesty wit just kind of, well, he ran off into the hills like some storm and horn eater. <laughs> Don't try to understand wit, Borden. You'll only cause yourself pain. Yes, bright lord. So now see, Borden like- says yes, bright lord to a different person because he's been saying yes, majesty to the king. And now he's saying right. yes, bright lord. So now you're like, wait a minute. There's another person Wait, in the room. Is this Elokar or is this the Majesty? Right. Yeah. So that, yeah. so that's where you get uh, Dalinar. Right. And then he says, "Yes, Bright Lord." And and then I I think it's Dalinar that says, "I like this wit." I think it's Elokar. Is, is it Elokar? Yeah, that because says that? he says, "I like this wit." Oh, and then the other yeah. Because says, the next line, where Elokar? Right. right. So yeah. El, so Elokar says, "I like this wit." Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Honestly, Your Majesty, I preferred the Madman for company. Well, of course you did. If people liked to be around wit, he wouldn't be much of a wit, would he? Right. They were on fire. The walls were on fire. The floor was on fire, burning and inside of it. And, and the inside of a cannot where to be and then all. So this is what, <laughs> this is what got me, dude. I, could, I couldn't follow this. I was like, 
What is he saying? This is a ramble. They were on fire. The walls were on fire. The floor was on fire, burning. And the inside of a cannot where to be. And then all, and then it all where? A trip. Water, wheels, fire. Yes, fire. A trip, water, wheels. I think the very beginning of the series, we find out that he died in the water, remember? Uh, who, Talon? Talon, yeah. The, the Talonel, Herald of War, that when they... They say what happened to him. He died in, he had died and went to damnation, but he died in the water. So that's right. maybe the, where the water comes from. But, but what about this, this, this earlier sentence, burning and the inside of a cannot where to be? I don't know. It's, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it's, it was like, what? That's why I had to read this. I, <laughs> oh, what? And then I was trying, it's like, it's like, you know what it is? It's Alice in Wonderland. It's like, oh, when the Momraths out grave. <laughs> and you're like, uh, you read that and you, you just conclude, uh, what the hell? Yeah, like, that doesn't make saying? any sense. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just like, it's like, it's like being hit with like an ax, like, like right in your face. It's, yeah. yeah. It's just what it doesn't make sense and then then you're trying and you're trying to answer the riddle of alice in wonderland it's like how is a raven like a writing desk like, and then what? you think about it you're like oh yeah how is a raven like a writing yeah, desk burning and then, the and then you start cannot. and then you start and then if you answer the question you're mad yeah exactly yeah and then you just became the mad hatter okay and you just anyways Talonel herald of war <laughs> so this yeah this chapter was whoa for me it was crazy um can you hear me, madman? Elicar, look at him. I doubt he understands. I am Talonel Ellen, Herald of War. Voice. He spoke it. He didn't think it. The words came. Like they always came. What was that? Speak louder, man. The time of the return, the desolation, is near at hand. We must prepare. You will have forgotten much following the destruction of the times past. I can make out some of it, Elokar. It's a Lethe, northern accent. Now, what I'd have expected from one with such dark skin. So let, let's pause here for a second here. <clears throat> right. Because there's, we have history with this happening in the series already. People speaking mm -hmm. certain dialects that don't necessarily match their look. And other characters finding it strange. Like, you mm -hmm. know, Ishik and the pure like... It's talking to these two guys who are looking for Hoyd and they're like, well, he looks like he's Makabaki, but he doesn't have a Makabaki accent at all. And, um, this happens several times over the course of this, the, this book and a half so far where characters look or speak a certain way and it doesn't match the other. Right. Doesn't match the other. Right. Well, wouldn't, is this at all like similar, would this be a similar experience to what Dalinar has experienced when he gets occupied? Sort of, you know what I mean? yeah, where he's out of time and out of place. Out of this time and out of place and in, and in a different character, like you know what I'm saying? Of, like, yeah, because this guy um, is speaking a northern dialect of Alethi, right. but his skin doesn't match anybody that would live there. Right. Right. Um, another thing, end of Way of Kings, at the very end, with Wit yep. and, the man that, and the man that shows up at the end. That's him. Is the man that shows up at... Is this, that Tom? This is Tom. Is that yeah. Talonel? Yeah, this is the guy. The guy that shows up with the shard blade because they're about to ask <clears> him about the shard blade. So, so did Wit? Did Wit deliver Tom to Dalinar and the king? He's he started to, and then he took off two days, and into then the he trip. took off into the hills. Right. Okay, okay, yeah. now, now I get it. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so same I'm, guy. I'm, it, I'm so grateful that I'm doing this with you because it's now it's making a lot more sense to me. So right. this is great. That's why I'm here, buddy. Um, that's what mm-hmm. friends are for. And that's what friends are for. In Roshar, the Cosmere. <laughs> uh, where did you get the Shardblade Madman? This is this is crazy. Yeah, I don't understand this. Where'd you get the Shardblade Madman? Tell me. Most blades are accounted for through the generations. Their lineage and history recorded. This one is completely unknown. From whom did you take it? So this is the Kayla. shard blade that he showed up in that town with. Right. When Wit was waiting. And didn't he let go of it and it doesn't go away or something yep. like that? Mm-hmm. Right. Which is weird. So Kelak will teach you to cast bronze. So this is the madman speaking, though, about what he said earlier, which is you have to prepare. Right. You're, you're going to have forgotten much. So he's giving instructions right. here, right? Yeah. So he's, he's saying. he's speaking so low that they can barely hear him or really even understand him. But so because we're like, in Kalak, his POV, Kalak will teach we understand you. it. Right? Right. So casting bronze, if you've forgotten this, we will soul cast blocks of metal directly for you. So casting bronze apparently is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um. What does he say? I wish we could teach you steel, but casting is so much easier than forging, and you must have something we can produce quickly. Your stone tools will not serve against what is to come. He said something about bronze and stone. Videl can train your surgeons and Jezrian. He will teach you leadership. So much is lost between returns. And then Elokar, I think this is Elokar, he's a bit impatient. The shard blade, where did you get it? How did you separate it from him, Borden? We didn't, Bright Lord. He just dropped it. And it didn't vanish away? Not bonded then? He couldn't have had it for long. Were his eyes this color when you found him? Yes, sir. A dark-eyed man with a shard blade. Odd sight, that. So he, so they're assuming a lot here. One, they're assuming Mm -hmm. that... Um, I like how he's like, he says, you know, we've known, he says, most blades are accounted for through the generations. We know their lineage and their history. We know where they came from. And this one right. is completely unknown. We've never seen it's like before. And then they say he dropped it, but it didn't vanish. And then the, uh, he assumes, I think it's Dalinar here. That's assuming that it was, he didn't bond this blade then because it would have right. vanished right. had he dropped it. He couldn't have had it for long then. Were his eyes this color when you found it? Yes, a dark-eyed man with a shard blade. Odd sight that. And we know from Way of Kings that if you get a blade and you bond it, your right. eye color changes. Or so said um, um, Kaladin and his little friends whenever they were young and living in Hearthstone. That was the rumors about shard blades. What was the what was the color that it, it, it changed you to? Tur- to, turn um, to light eyes. To, you know, to like, light you know, eyes. Hazel like, or blue or green. It, it, some kind yeah. of light-eyed. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Which is why that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Laurel wanted Kaladin to get one so he could become light eyes so they could be right. together. Become light eyes. They could be together. Right. right, right, right. I will train your soldiers. The madman says, so I will train them. So Taln is like, he's like a he's soldier. The, he's, he's the like, herald he's, of he's, war. He's saying, he's right? like a herald. Of, yeah. He's like, he's like a Zale. We should have time. Ishar keeps talking about a way to keep information from being lost following desolations and you've discovered something unexpected we will use that surge binders to act as guardians or knights hmm. 
So he's speaking maybe about Kaladin there, Amy. But he's talking about just Knight's Radiance and, and Surge Binders. Right. Yeah. But that's what Kaladin is as far as, mm-hmm. as far as I th- know. <laughs> and then Borden's like, he's said all this before your majesty. And when he mumbles, mm-hmm. uh, he just keeps at it over and over. I don't mm-hmm. think he even knows what he's saying, how his expression doesn't change as he talks. So it's just like, he's like on repeat. You know what I mean? He's like, it's almost like a pre-recorded message. He's just saying over and over again. Well, it's funny you say that because that's what I was going to say is that he's more like a messenger. Right. Or he's, he's, yeah, or like a letter you would send. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he's, he's not, you're not really interacting with him. Like he's not really answering any of their questions. No. He's just telling them what he wants to tell them. Almost a little bit like the voice inside the visions that Dalinar dealt with. At first right. Dalinar thought he was having a conversation with the voice and then realized later that it was all just pre-recorded. And this Taln is almost speaking like that. Borden tells, says he just talks over and over again. His expression doesn't change as he talks. Mm. Well, they comment, they say, well, that is an Alethi accent that he's got. It looks like he's been living in the wild for some time with that long hair and broken nails. Perhaps a villager lost their mad father. Mm-hmm. And the blade, Elokar? Well, surely you don't think it's his, uncle. The coming days will be difficult, but with training, humanity will survive. You must bring me to your leaders. The other heralds should join us soon. <laughs> I'm willing to consider anything these days, your majesty. I suggest you send him to the Ardents. Perhaps they can help his mind to recover. What will you do with the shard blade? I'm certain we can find a good use for it. In fact, something occurs to me right now. I might have need of you, Borden. Whatever you need, Bright Lord. Yes, we finally get the, we finally get the uncle here, right? And the blade, Elokar, surely you don't think it's his uncle. So you're like, uncle, Elokar only has one uncle. Shit, it's been Dalinar this whole time? I gotta go back and read it and figure out which ones were Dalinar, which ones were, yeah. Well, he, so he, I think it's neat that he has a plan. What's the plan? Of course, I want to know. Yeah, he has a plan and he might need Borden for something. Right. So he's got a plan for Borden, which is cool. So definitely want to know what that is. And if, and I was further, I really, what I really want to know is whatever that plan is for Borden, will, will Dalinar include Kaladin in that knowledge? Mm-hmm. I think, I think that I'm late this time. How long had it been repeated seven times and the end of the chapter is too long. How long had it been too long? Too long. All right. So what's your highlight? Yeah. What's your highlight for this? Highlight, highlight for this, I think is the having to reread it. It's the puzzle. Yeah. I love it. So, so, so now that you, so now that you've pointed out to me about the uncle, like, I think I glossed over it. Like I wasn't really sure that Dalinar was in the room, even though they, they gave the clue as clear and having gone over it with you, I've been able to understand it a lot better. But initially I have to admit when I first read it, I was in a I was wandering alone in the dark in the storm and I didn't know yeah. anything. Like, yeah, I, I felt, I felt mad and I was trying to make sense of things. Yeah. I think it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's a very creative way of being able to keep us confused because you know what? Talon's confused right now. He doesn't even really yeah. know he's on Roshar. He probably thinks he's still in damnation. If this is Talon well, Harold of War. If that's Talon or if right. it's this, you know, an and occupied person, like a messenger. Even if it's not Talon Harold of War for real and it's just a yeah, madman, he thinks he's yeah. come back from damnation. 
with the fire and the death and the right. talking and the cannot wear bees right. and the he thinks he's he thinks he's in damnation. So I I absolutely think that, that 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 is my highlight as well. But I do have something else that I want to mention just because we didn't cover it. There's a part okay. here at the end when they talk yep. about the shard blade, and he says, "Yep, the shard blade. Where did you get it? Like you said, that's Elokar. Yeah, how did you where separate did you it from it? him, Borden? That's Dalinar, and it right. did vanish away. Not bonded then, right?" Um, Not oh wait, bonded we, d- then, we yeah. didn't, sorry, we didn't, Bright Lord. He just dropped it. That's Borden. And then this is mm-hmm. Dalinar again. And it didn't vanish away. Not bonded then. He couldn't have had it for long. Uh, were his eyes this color when you found him? And then I love this here. Yes, sir. A dark-eyed man with a shard blade. Odd sight, that. And we know that oh, odd yeah. that is odd a... Odd sight, is, is a signature of something in this these series, or at least he Brandon Sanderson might not have labeled it like that, but we have decided that odd that isn't that what um, Teft Teft says? Yeah, when Teft was trying to get Kaladin to realize he was using magic when he was u- trying to when he was using Stormlight, he'd say odd that. And yeah, then odd we've kind of you and I have kind of placed meaning to odd that to be kind of like a nod to stuff happening um, more than what the page is revealing to right. us. When we had right. Kaladin back in his Amram days, later on in the Way of Kings, he cut himself but didn't really feel pain. Odd that. And he even says it to himself back then. So here we get a a dark-eyed man with a shard blade. Odd, Odd sight that. that. So I, th- I'm circling this with as much ink, as much highlighter as I can, because <laughs> I feel like for us anyways, and for what we're doing in this show, yeah, this is yeah. very, very important. So yeah. Is I just, it? Okay. I, That's, I, I, mean, I, I missed that entirely. I'm so glad that you pointed that out. The fact that he, um, that his uh, shard blade did not <clears throat> vanish and that his eyes did not change color means right. something. And it's odd that. So this could point in a couple of directions, something with the sword or something with the man. So yeah, right, it's right. just really great. That's I, uh, cool. Yeah. I love it. That's I great. I my hat to Mr. Sanderson for bringing back the odd that. <laughs> the odd that. Yeah. <laughs> I ate a form of power. Mm-hmm. This is the last of the interludes before we get into part three. Yeah, yeah, buddy. They're waiting for Eshenai. When she returned, mm-hmm. a gathering of thousands on the edge of the plateau, just outside of Narak. There were workers, nimble soldiers, and even some mates, this is hilarious, yeah. who had been drawn away from their hedonism by the prospect of something novel. I wonder where they <laughs> found them. <laughs> in the, well, of course, in an alley, in, a, in, an in, in the alleys. And, and they're like, they're like busy doing their thing. And they're like looking, oh, what's that going on over there? Just, just a second, hon. I'm, I'm, I'll be right back. Hold I'll be on, right keep, back. Just, just keep that position right yeah. there. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just. <laughs> Yo, guys, can't you see him in the middle of something over here? And, and yeah. And they're like, I'm not waiting around for you. You got to go over there. I'm not waiting around I'm for you. I'm going to hop in the other alcove. Yeah. I'm going to go find me another alcove. Okay. Um, a new form, a form of power. Mm-hmm. Esh and I strode amongst them, marveling at the energy that she's now feeling. Yeah. Tiny, almost invisible lines of red lightning flared from her hand. If she made a fist quickly. Her marbled skin was mostly black, but it had red streaks. 
Yeah, it had not changed. Her So visibly, her look has it, not changed. Her look has not changed, but she'd lost the bulky armor of Warform, yeah. and now she had ridges that were on her, the skin of her arms. Mm-hmm. And she tested this new armor, and it was very durable. And she had hair strands again. So she's got a new, got a new hairdo. Yeah, she just got back from the barbershop. So this shop. is... This is the action. This is this is this is the money making part of this whole thing. By the way, this is the this is the Empire Strikes Back. We've this got is new, the uh, new, this is the new the, outfit for Luke. This is an '80s rom com moment. Where she's like, <laughs> she's got legs. She's whipping her hair strands back and forth, and all the all the mate forms are like, Yo, oh, dude, did you no, see Esh and I? No, it's it's this is this is pretty woman. Like he doesn't recognize her. She turns around in the red dress, <laughs> and oh my gosh, jeez. Um, she felt focused. This, I have to admit, I was thinking of Star Wars. She felt focused. No more worries about the fate of her people. She knew what to do. She felt powerful. This red electricity. Mm-hmm. This, this. Smells of the dark like, side, eh? <laughs> it smells of the dark side. It smells of the emperor. She knew what to do. Venli pushes to the front of the crowd to get up close to her. Reaching the edge of the chasm. It worked. Esh and I leaped across the chasm, not requiring a run yeah. from Warform. She crouched and just threw herself up into the air. So already, the, already more powerful than Warform in a leap. Yeah. Because Warform would need to have a running head start to leap that chasm. Running. But she yep. can do it like LeBron James, just, just from like standing position, <laughs> just <laughs> jump. Boom. Um, the wind seemed to writhe around her. She shot over the chasm and landed among her people. Mm-hmm. Red lines of power running up her legs as she crouched, absorbing the impact. Everything was so clear, so focused. I have returned from the storms, she says to praise. I bring with me the future of two peoples. Our time of loss is at an end. Esh and I? Thude says... I like how he's got, <laughs> he's got a trench coat on. Yeah. Um, I, your eyes. Yes, but they're red. They are a representation of what I've become. Yes, but in the songs, sister, I calls to resolve, come look upon what you have wrought. So yeah, she, she inter- interrupts her friend here, mm-hmm, trying dude. to have caution about what's happened. And... Mm. She, in the past few interludes we've read about her, she was always willing to listen to Thude, her be- one of her best friends. And now she just mm-hmm. completely interrupts him and is yeah. like, look Dismisses at me, him. Be- behold my awesomeness, you know? Like, yeah. But also, but let's, but I like how she's like, look upon what you have wrought. Right. All like, your hard work. What, what, what Venli had wanted to create it's almost like frankenstein going to or or the it's almost like the monster going to frankenstein saying look what you've created right right um so venley approaches timid so she's almost she's afraid yeah and she says and she says storm form but she whispers it to awe it works then you can move in the storms without danger more than that eshenai says the winds obey me and Venli, I can feel something, something building, a storm. You feel a storm right now in the rhythms, beyond the rhythms. Yeah. How could she describe the taste? This is, this is so cool, dude. How could she describe taste to someone with no mouth or sight to someone who'd never seen? Mm-hmm. So she can't, 
in this new form, she can't even communicate to Venley or Thude or anyone what this is like. Right. Um, I feel a tempest brewing just beyond our experience, a powerful, angry tempest, a high storm. With enough of us bearing this form together, that's the frightening part. We could bring it. We could bend the storms to our will and could bring them down upon our enemies. Humming to the rhythm of awe spread throughout those who watched. There are thousands of people that have gathered. Yeah. They've, they've taken the alcoves. They're cleaned out the alcoves. Yeah. So, uh, all, were in, <laughs> all were in tune. All were in rhythm with one another. Perfection. Eshenai holds out her arms to the sides and speaks in a loud voice. Cast aside despair and sing to the rhythm of joy. I have looked into the depths of the storm rider's eyes, and I've seen his betrayal. I know his mind, and have seen his intent to help the humans against us. But my sister has discovered salvation. With this form, we can stand on our own, independent, and we can sweep our enemies from this land like leaves from before the tempest. So it's a little weird here. She just, we just read an interlude with her that she understood that the Stormfather was not, he was a traitor, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were not friends before and that she respected the power of the, and then now she's like, I have seen his betrayal. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. I, and I've seen his intent to help humans against us. It's almost like she's forgotten what she just learned, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it, well, it, it's the respect for the Stormfather, even though he was perceived as a traitor because he's supposed to be a represent a spren who had made a, who'd made a, I guess, a judgment call to, pr- to protect humans over the listeners. Right. Um, but in this form, she only sees it as, um, betrayal. She's, well, she sees it with, with contempt. Right. Right, so she dismisses Thud. And I don't want to. I don't need to see you. I don't need to listen to what you're what you're telling me. We can bring the storm down on our enemies. Um, yeah, this is this is not good. The humming to awe grew louder amongst these thousands, and some began to sing. Ash and I gloried in it. She pointedly ignored the deep, the voice deep within her that was screaming in horror. Hmm. And that. That is my highlight, I think, of this chapter. Me too. Is that, is that the voice, like I said before, from the, from the, um, I think, is it the first? Yeah, it's the first interlude, isn't it? The Rider of Storms. Yeah, yeah that's right. So having Eshenai as a prisoner within her own body because of a new form that's taken over. And like, I'm not sure if that is shared amongst all forms, if there's a bit of that duality when you're in whatever form for, for a listener. So if you're, you know, if you're, if you're busy in mate form and then you're thinking, well, I really, I really, I've, I've got things to do. I really should be in work form right but now. But I'm just like busy I'm, fucking all like, the time. <laughs> like I so, didn't do the fucking so, dishes cause I'm busy fucking. Yeah. Oh, here I am. I was just, oh my yeah. gosh, I, I, re- I really well, she, should be doing the dishes. But Eshenai has told us actually that from one form to another, there are sometimes slight personality changes, but as a whole, you stay yourself. Right. This does not sound like that. No. And so, yeah. So a loss of self, Mm -hmm. a lack of control, a loss of self. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting Mm -hmm. and hearing. Really cool, man. Very concerning, but really, really great. What a great way to, uh, to go into, uh, 
Well, to go into our uh, info dump. Oh, info dump is very small. <laughs> Clearly, we didn't have a lot to cover here. Um, it was very hard to find anything to cover. One, the, the chapter of Taln, it is what it yes. is. There's a lot of information in there, but really, is it any is any of it reliable? That's the whole point. We don't really know. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I did, I did take a couple of points here. Um, the rhythm of resolve. I really do like that they kind of describe what it's like. A stately mm. beat with a sense of important power. I feel like you yeah. can almost take that and actually write a song with that in mind, and like kind of write the rhythm of resolve. Like you could almost like craft it just with that uh, that description i thought that, that was really neat mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you mentioned it before about the cool uh, difference yeah. between worker listeners using rope bridges to reach other plateaus and the alethi yeah, using bridges yeah, to yeah, create yeah. war for ones for war and ones for food like i just yeah you know, that's so cool how di- di- like how different and uh, yeah. diametrically opposed their uses of bridges are. It's just really, really neat. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are the two little quick info dumps for <clears> um, <throat> for this uh, these interludes. Not a lot, mm. but um, man, these there's a, there's a lot going on <laughs> in these four little interludes. I eh? I know it's a great lead up. I'm very excited for the next part. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Me too. Um, if you are excited for the next part and you want to be part of the whole team, you can go to patreoncom of and sign up for the Patreon team. Uh, we've got all kinds of different little goodies on the Patreon. There's bonus episodes, early access. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. We just put up a Halloween episode that everyone seems to, to have really enjoyed. Um, but if you want to just help the show without um, uh, supporting it directly, you can always support it indirectly by telling people to listen or uh, just giving us uh, uh, reviews and rate us uh, whenever you can. That'd be really awesome. We would totally mm-hmm. love it. And we, I think we would respect you more if you did it too. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, you can also do so at heroesofacathra at gmail.com. You can reach out on Twitter at heroesofone, or you can always find us at the Storm Pod on Instagram. That is exactly where I almost always am, checking out all the amazing fan art from all of our friends that um, that do such great work uh, inktober just got done and seriously i don't think i've ever seen so much stormlight archive art before it's just amazing i just i can't wait till next october to see it all again so anyways uh thanks everyone for listening uh we hope you enjoyed the episode and we love you very much until next time take care everybody the storm pod is brought to you by heroes of Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra.